This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Well, another blast of winter weather on the way at this hour. There is a line of snow from Old Brookings and Mobridge, South Dakota. Uh, that system is moving to the east-northeast across much of the Dakotas and into Minnesota this afternoon and into tomorrow. Heavy snow, strong winds will be the issue. Most of that snow will be south, though, of the Highway 200 corridor. Market mentality shifting to a more cautious approach. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossi says USDA's Ag Outlook Forum seemed to have taken the wind out of the market sales. Yeah, the USDA Outlook uh, Conference last week kind of gave us a change in mentality when it hit corn end stocks, you know, in the, oh, I want to say at 2 billion bushels, but let's say 1.9 to 1.8, and that kind of caught the, the trade by uh, surprise. And when you have those kind of big end stocks in corn, it's just hard to keep beans where they're at. And so that was kind of the mentality that gave us a shift here. Again, it's only February or the end of February. We've got a lot of growing season, a lot of things ahead. But that USD outlook meeting kind of is the shift in which mentality goes from South America, maybe to the new growing season across the Northern Hemisphere. There's been talk of the possibility of an acreage battle, but Bossy says there may not need to be that acreage fight. The market is looking at it and saying, well, maybe I don't need a big battle. By that I'm saying if we have nearly 2 billion bushels of corn end stocks, how many uh, additional soybeans, wheat, or cotton do I need? Uh, wheat acreage are, is already up. And I'd remind everyone that in terms of soybeans, uh, because of the, the new program, everybody who double crops with beans, and that can be from southern and Wisconsin, southern uh, Minnesota, southward, gets a $10 per acre premium this year, a payment. And then, of course, those soybeans that are double cropped are are insurable, and that's not happened before. So we're looking for the additionality of U.S. winter wheat acreage, particularly in the Midwest, to get planted to a lot of double crop beans. So USDA soybean seedings estimate will likely rise. Today is the final day of the spring crop insurance pricing period. Corn currently sitting at $5.93 per bushel. That is up from $5.90 last year. Soybeans are priced at $13.77 per bushel. That is down from $14.33 last year. For spring wheat, prices are at 8.89 per bushel. A year ago, spring wheat prices were at 9.19 per bushel. Minnesota's updated budget forecast remained unchanged from the previous report in November. The budget surplus totals 17.5 billion dollars. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz praised that announcement. First and foremost, this is good news for Minnesotans. This is a uh, state that people know how to work hard. It's a state that's invested in infrastructure over many, many decades. It's a state that understands our greatest natural resource is our people. Having a highly educated population has allowed us to create an economy that allowed us to weather some of the most challenging times in our nation's history over the last three years and be in a solid position. Senate Minority Leader Mark Johnson emphasized a new approach was taken with this budget forecast. The, the numbers right now, the way they're reported, look pretty even to what the November forecast is. Uh, but I think we should all be cognizant of the inflationary effect that's built into that. If you add in that $1.4 billion, the interesting part is that we have $19 billion surplus. That's how it would have been reported last week had the governor not signed the bill. 
And so I just want people to be cognizant of that issue uh, that's going forward. Johnson indicated Minnesota Republicans will release a new tax proposal later today. The witness list uh, has been released for today's House Agriculture Committee hearing. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duval, National Farmers Union President Rob LaRue will be joined by representatives of the Fertilizer Institute, the Agriculture Transportation Coalition, and the National Chicken Council. This hearing will focus on inflation, regulations, and other challenges for American agriculture. According to a Brazilian farm group, IMEA, 20% of the farmers in Mato Grosso will be planting second crop corn outside of the ideal time period for planting. The delayed soybean harvest has influenced the planting date for that second crop corn. Just a reminder for more information from the Red River Farm Network, you can visit Facebook, Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more at rrfn.com. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Slow soybean harvest progress means the majority of Brazil's second crop corn will go in the ground late. Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier says a substantial amount of that second crop will be planted outside the optimum window. In Mato Grosso, it's going to be okay. It's going to be planted kind of within the window. But the second and third biggest states are Paraná and Mato Grosso do Sul, and they're very late. So my guess is about... 50% of the Safinha corn in those two states will be planted after the window has closed, which is, you know, basically already closed. And uh, nationwide, maybe 20 30% is going to be planted late. The late planting, though, doesn't necessarily mean poor yields. Just because it's late doesn't mean it's going to be low yielding. It's going to depend on if the rains continue through May and if there's no early frost in June. So just being, just because it's late doesn't mean it's going to be you know low yielding, but the risk goes up. Now, if you plant it late and then the rains end early, or if you get an early frost like happened two years ago, it could be you know very bad for the crop. So that kind of remains to be seen. Ukraine is taking steps to boost exports out of its ports. The Ukrainian parliament has set up a $500 million insurance fund to offset potential damage to civilian ships entering the ports. Ukraine is also seeking a one-year extension to the Black Sea Grain Initiative, allowing grain to be exported from three Ukrainian ports. That agreement is set to expire March 18th. 19% of the Kansas wheat crop is in good to excellent condition. That's down from 21% in January. USDA is reporting a different scenario in Oklahoma. The updated crop progress report found 36% of Oklahoma's wheat is rated good to excellent. That's up from 17% a month ago. Crop ratings in Col uh, declined in Colorado and Nebraska and improved in Texas, Montana, and the Dakotas. Cold start to the winter depleted some hay stocks. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has that story. Most livestock producers are still sitting comfortably on hay stocks. NDSU Extension Forage Crop Specialist James Rogers says hay prices are sitting at a reasonable rate. Out of Minnesota that I just got a report from, and those prices look pretty good, um, especially for, for alfalfa. 
uh, hay prices, they're fairly reasonable for beef quality hay. Those market prices for some of the alfalfas are, are actually a little bit lower per t- on a per ton basis than some of the grass hays. It looks like right now there might be some opportunities to, to purchase some hay. What I always kind of caution producers is that take that price per bale and convert it into a price per ton and get a hay test for all the hays that you're considering purchasing. And Rogers is concerned there won't be any carryover forage if this year's forage crop yields lower than the average. Last year there was a good bit of hay put up. I think um, it's going to meet our supplies this year, but I think there might be a concern with just we, we may not have much carryover moving into 2023 fall and winter. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Water levels on the Mississippi River returning to a more normal situation. That's after barge traffic was hurt by record low water levels in 2022. Above normal moisture will likely keep the Ohio River and Mississippi Rivers in good shape this season. United States is threatening to take a trade dispute with Mexico over biotech corn to a trade dispute panel. Mexico's economy minister responded by saying Mexico's position on banning GMO corn imports is in compliance with the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. The Mexican official said U.S. response is politically motivated. Speaking at a uh, Sweetener Users Association in California, USDA Undersecretary Robert Bonney said the sugar industry may need more funding in the next farm bill. The stocks-to-use ratio is at the upper end of the current USDA formula, and Bonney cited the concern about the availability of domestic sugar. U.S. potato industry represents a total of 715,000 jobs, generates over $34 billion in annual labor income. New Potato Council report on economic significance of the potato industry estimated $37 billion in spending can be traced directly back to the potato supply chain. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Research is meant to improve practices. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Finding ways to take research into practice for the benefit of farmers is what University of North Dakota's Director of Cybersecurity, Dr. Prakash Ranganathan, says is his biggest goal. As a public research university, you know, our main goal is to look for those new innovation where you know, what we do at a benchtop scale you know, and convert them into a viable, usable product, whether it's actually a software or a combination of integrated systems so that we can enable that commercialization you know, to uh, close the loop to get that uh, product reached to the consumer. Listening to conversation to stakeholders like Grand Form Industries and farmers and uh, other uh, organizations, you know, so that we can create that customized product to enable the commercialization. Our end goal is to see how we can benefit our, our farmers. At Grand Farm, Ranganathan and his students are using data to work on climate change as it applies to plant growth and agriculture. So uh, what we do is actually to look at, uh, you know, historical data. We look at, model those uncertainties to see how we can uh, predict those temperatures, rainfall, precipitation, and see accommodate depending on the plant 
transplant uh, type, you know, we will estimate, uh, you know, uh, um, those uh, variables and, and enable appropriate planting season so that we can also help in um, estimating plant growth or even monitoring plant diseases as well. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Gavilon Grain rebranding itself as Viterra. The new name and new logo being rolled out across the U.S. and Mexico. Omaha will remain the company's headquarters for the U.S. and Mexico. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. We're seeing a lot of red across the grains here this morning. May wheat in Minneapolis is down five and a quarter, eight sixty-three and a quarter. July is down four and three quarters. Chicago may wheat down a penny and three quarters at seven oh eight and a quarter. Kansas City may wheat's down five and a half at eight eleven and a half. May corn down two and a quarter at six four. 41 and a quarter. December down a penny and three quarters at 574 and a quarter. The May soybeans down 11 and three quarter cents at 1501. November soybeans down seven and three quarters at 1364 and a quarter. And in Winnipeg, May canola is down $4.10 a metric ton at 819.60. On the farm calendar, Lando Lake's annual meeting begins today and goes through uh, March 2nd uh, through Thursday. At, that'll be in San Antonio, Texas. North Dakota Grain Growers Association holding their D.C. fly-in through tomorrow. Also, uh, the uh, Potato D.C. fly-in uh, goes through uh, Friday in, in Washington, D.C. The uh, South Dakota Farmers Union's uh, Legislative Day is today. Uh, they'll be uh, in Pier. Also coming up, uh, the uh, National Ethanol Conference is underway in Orlando, Florida. And the American Soybeans Association's annual board meeting underway as well. That's in Arlington, Virginia. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.